I am so excited to announce that October 6th through 8, 2023, I know it's a year away, I will be starting an all things yoga conference. This will take place in our beautiful city of Chicago. Um, we will have a weekend of just amazing yoga, meditation, uh, a Q&A panel with world-renowned yogis um, and some local beautiful teachers as well. The link is in the description of this podcast episode. We are opening up the Eventbrite this early, a year prior, as space will be somewhat limited. Um, we're excited. So definitely check it out and sign up ahead of time. Shanti, shanti. Hello and welcome to All Things Yoga. This is Hilary Lockwood. Today I want to talk about the beginner's mind and the yogi's heart. This time of year we start to recognize those things that we said at the beginning of the year, you know, the over-exuberance for faster, harder, stronger, bigger, better, those begin to dissipate, which I feel is a really good thing because we start to see in the most beautiful ways, we start to see exactly where we're going to be. We start to recognize those shifts that we have made that are going to stick, um, which is really important to pay attention to. And we recognize those things that maybe were out of character for us or we were just doing to do or to aesthetically be something other than what we are, which is not ever the best intention. So as we start to settle into this this year, we recognize those actions, right, that really do serve us and feel good. And if yoga is one of those things for you, I think it's really important for teachers and students alike to pay attention to the beginner's mind and to the yogi's heart. Yoga began as a practice of peace. Yoga began with so much, there was so much fighting between people that two incredible leaders got together and decided that they were going to build a space of peace. And you can call it prayer, you can call it meditation, let's just create this wide open space where everyone can come together and do what they do to create a sense of community, a sense of sangha. As yoga is a practice of peace, we have to remember those initial rules like ahimsa, you have to be kind to yourself. Satya, you have to be truthful. So maybe, you know, as you came into yoga at the first of the year, you felt this was too hard. This was too much. Please know that there's always 
a place for you in the practice. And this is where the beginner's mind has to come in to more intermediate advanced students, but also to teachers alike. That beginner's mind is a mind that is so beautiful. It's as we were when we were children. And and yet, you know, we have all this excitement and it's brand new and we want to jump into something that is supposed to make us feel good. And yet it has all this garbage on it, right? These misconceptions of yoga, this competition and comparison. And maybe that's not even the room doing that to us. Maybe that's us doing that to us. And we come in and we already feel inferior. We don't want that to be. As students in a sangha and and teachers, you've got to have that beginner's mind. You've got to come in knowing that it's hard to walk into a room for the first time, that it might be a little uncomfortable, that maybe this is the first time they've ever done yoga. But to then also remember that level of excitement for the brand new student who comes in and feels comfortable, who comes in and feels welcome, who comes in and feels loved and cared for. We all need more of this beginner's mind in everything that we do. But in the yoga practice, in yogasana, and let's just say asana for now, this piece, we get very comfortable in the way that we practice. And, you know, there are moments that we might even consider plateaus or coasting. Those shouldn't really exist. Because if there are moments where you're feeling bored at all or stagnant in your practice, it means that you're really not paying attention to what's happening, to what's being gifted. That loveliness of the beginner's mind is that they're always paying attention. And as things begin to shift and the veil begins to clear, this garbage that we hang on to begins to be stripped away. That recognition of those initial moments of the mountains moving, those are immeasurable. And for most of us, that's why we came back to the mat over and over and over again. It's where those initial sadnesses come out. It's where those initial, you know, those criticisms come out and begin to go away. And those patterns begin to transform. We, as more intermediate, advanced students, we begin to lose that that life, that excitement. It really is tapas. This is the definition of tapas, this burning enthusiasm to be a part of something. The beginner's mind is, is something that we all have to always pay attention to. And, and then I talk about, you know, this idea of the yogi's heart. As a beginner, it's hard to recognize the depth of what will keep you on your mat. And to remember way, way, way back, thousands and thousands of years, this idea that yoga was started as a place of peace, as a place to create community and sangha and to love and care for each other. The yogi's heart is meant to be one of absolute inclusion, never exclusion. The yogi's heart is meant to be one that sees all as same, same, and that invites you into the room. So again, students and teachers alike, honor the heart of this lineage, honor the heart of who you are as a yogi on your mat.
that through line truly that keeps us coming beginning intermediate advanced it doesn't matter that through line that keeps us coming back to the mat over and over and over again is that heart so much in light on life Iyengar's book speaks to the heart being the central channel of everything that we do the central space he says that when you collapse your heart you cave in the very self in Anandia, uh, Anandia, Judah, this uh, wheels of life, uh, this this chakra book, it speaks and shows sketches of like this heart being this central space where everything gathers and then spreads around, is distributed throughout. A yogi's heart is meant to be one again that is without competition or comparison. And we fall into these traps of life, not even just yoga. We fall into these traps of life where competition and comparison, being better, faster, stronger, the perfect one, is sort of ingrained in our psyche. But this is not at all healthy. And when we can come in with that beginner's mind and the yogi's heart to say, I'm so excited to be here. I want to find out what's going to be unraveled today. And I want to be excited about that. I want to be looking forward to, even if I cry, even if things get dug up from way, way long ago, I want to be excited about this movement that I'm creating from the inside of my soul outward. The yogi's heart is one that recognizes all of these shifts, that recognizes all of these moments, all of these changes, these vibhutis, these accomplishments that come in bits and pieces as the beginner's mind comes in ready and awake and so aware and so subtly conscious of these big changes as they happen, these moments that give us goosebumps, these moments that we feel so deeply connected to the person next to us, and maybe we don't even know their name, these moments that begin to shift us into a depth of absolute acceptance in who we are and what we are, not only on the mat, but in the world. And then this begins to transform into or be taken into the yogi's heart where the yogi's heart recognizes the pattern of this, recognizes the depth of the need for this openness or the depth of the need for the shift into change, into being more accepting, into being kinder, into being more gently, vulnerably exposed for the better so that you begin to heal and you begin to live more in your honest self at the end of the day and probably lifetimes. This is same, same. There's no separation between the knower, the knowable and the knowledge, the knower that is us when we can get there. And I think often the beginner's mind is more open as the knower than the consistent, advanced practitioner. What is the knowable? The knowable is everything else and everything that you are willing to jump into and learn. Everything 
that you are open to taking in, absorbing, and hopefully in the most beautiful ways, expressing out. And then the knowledge, this stuff that comes with us with everything that we've learned, with every lesson in this lifetime and karmically, every lesson that we've learned, every challenge that we've come to, eventually what begins to happen is there is no separation between the beginner's mind and the yogi's heart. Same, same. And as we feel that, we start to recognize that we are no different than that beginner that has just walked in the room fairly uncomfortable and probably a little scared, probably a touch intimidated, uh, maybe even resistant as their friends drag them in. There is no difference between that person and you who sits in front of them in the studio six days a week doing what you do. We have to build this bridge of same. We have to recognize that these subtle differences that we have between us are simply the lessons that we all learn with different values or different mm, displays, you know, Maybe we all suffer loss, I believe that we probably do, and yet those look very different for each individual, a different package for the same lesson, the same challenge. There is no difference between the way that you sit and the way that that brand new person comes in. There is no difference between that brand new teacher who is so scared and so excited to be jumping into their first class and they want to barf and they want to cry and yet somehow it happens and the trust is there. There's no difference between that teacher and the teacher that has been teaching from their soul for 40 years that same that we find in that middle path, that same that we feel for each other becomes this depth of satsanga, of true community, of tribe, whatever you want to call it. And we begin to take each other in. And we begin to recognize and feel that what they're feeling right now, I have felt. And maybe, if I'm being completely honest, some days still do this place of yoga <clears throat> says always, always be a beginner. Always. As soon as we decide that we have quote unquote mastered something or that we are an expert at something, the learning stops. The learning is over. We should be deeply always in our books for those of you who have done a teacher training and you have this pile of books that sits next to you, you need to always be in those and always opening them and always having those conversations with yourself and with others so that what's happening is still fresh. The way that we see a passage and, you know, for me, when I was 18 years old, the way that I saw the sutras, the way that those were it translated to me in my own head and heart and body is very different than the way they now read and translate. There's a reason that we stay in our books. There's a reason that we stay open to the learning that everyone has to give us, especially the beginner. 
I say this all the time and I mean it with everything that I am. For those of you that are teachers and for those of you that teach a beginning basics, a foundational class, do not dumb down your class. They're not dumb people. They're new to yoga and probably have more to teach you in those moments than you could ever teach them. We teach students from jump, from day one, the scope of yoga, real yoga. We teach them full ujjayi. We teach them the alignment. We teach them the dissections of the postures. We teach them meditation. We create the strongest safest student that there is. And this student goes on to graduate into vinyasa, slow flow, ashtanga, etc., with so much knowledge. Really, this becomes the student that stays on the mat forever because it wasn't sold short to them at the beginning. Teaching an advanced class is the easiest class to teach. And that's really the truth. If you have those postures in your posture library, so not just in your head, in your body, because if you don't have those things in your practice, the rule is you shouldn't teach whatever you can't do. And that's really true. Because one, it's a lie. But also two, it's mean. You're <laughs> torturing your students and not able to suffer that same that same torture in your own practice. But in advanced, all I'm really doing is walking around, speaking Sanskrit, adjusting bodies, and talking about yoga. It's amazing. I could do it all day, every day. Teaching the advanced student is most, most, most important. I don't start my beginners in... Uh, basics because it's the hardest class to teach and they need to have that true depth of knowledge that is now coming comfortable to them rather than something that they're struggling to find or grasp hold of. I throw them into vinyasa where, you know, it's equally difficult in ways because, you know, you have a room of five teachers in the front and five beginning students in the back and everything in the middle. And you have to learn how to, how to read that room well enough to make sure everyone feels loved and cared for when they leave. It creates a really brilliant, beautiful teacher. When my teachers begin to feel very comfortable in the alignment, in the dissections, and they are very tuned in to the subtleties of the practice, absolutely they end up teaching a basics or a foundational class. But it is by far the hardest class to teach. I think we have to remember that as we come into our own practice, to have that beginner's mind, to stay excited about not only the practice, but each other. Beginners, I hope that you stay inspired to be on your mats and maybe even graduate to a, a vinyasa class, a slow flow, and know that if you come in with that open heart and that same level of playfulness, you're going to have an awesome time. I think what gets us really in trouble in all levels is that we go in with so much personal expectation that we forget the joy. 
we lose the joy of the practice. And then the heart closes and the beginning mind closes and we have defeated the purpose. Be open. Beginner's mind, yogi's heart, same, same. All right, you guys, we will revisit all of this, hopefully, in the room. Always, always have the best days. Shanti. Five hundred hour teacher training begins end of March at both of our Chicago locations. If you are a two hundred or a three hundred hour teacher, and you want to just take that journey further into philosophy and the depth of practice, posture.